Welcome to the Radiant Black Podcast. This is a show about Radiant Black comic book series and the Massiverse created by Kyle Higgins and Marcelo Costa. I'm your host, Bash, and I'm joined by my fellow hosts, Charlie and Matt. And we are joined today by special guest, editor of the Massiverse, as well as Black Market Narrative Titles, and host of the Ranger Danger Podcast, Michael Basudel, also known as Mr. Massiverse. How are you do- doing today, Michael? Well, I was doing all right up until about six seconds ago, at which point I developed a strong urge to message Matt and tell him that I'm going to murder him. But yeah, other than that, not bad. Things are things are very busy, but things are good. Awesome. Hell yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had you on, so I feel like, uh, you know, it's been uh, long overdue now. We're very excited to talk things. And I heard recently that you were going somewhere on the moon with a with some famous musician, possibly. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're working on, you know, I, I am not only running Massive Verse books. I'm also working on some other exciting stuff like uh, Moon Man, the first issue of which is out in about three weeks. Uh, with with Kid Cudi, um, which has been a whole other experience, and we can we can get into that a little later if you guys would like to talk about what that's been like. Um, yeah, it's you know sort of part of. I love the Massiverse titles, and I love working on them. But part of uh, having a job is you know expanding and trying to work on some different stuff. So. I've been working on that and have been working on the Infernals with Ryan, which is out in February, which we could talk about later as well. Um, and some other stuff that I probably can't quite talk about just yet. Uh, but yeah, it's been, you know, I, I it's insane that we are not even two weeks into the new year yet, given how much stuff has been going on. But it's been good. Things are good. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have... I didn't have Kid Cudi on my uh, Massiverse bingo card. And, and it's good because that's uh, black market narrative stuff. But yeah, it's crazy. I didn't expect it. And uh, the colors in that book look amazing. I know Bash got to read the advanced copy and he was blown away. He had nothing but good things to say. Yeah, that's, I mean, those colors are Igor, who I, I, I don't need to explain to anyone who's no. watching this. Is um He's doing his thing and is just, you know, he and Marco work really well together. They like spent a bunch of time talking with each other about what they want the book to look like marco at least on this first issue sort of laid down some gray tones to be like this is where i want shadows and highlights and between the two of them that book looks absolutely incredible yeah yeah igor igor is a perfect person especially he just kind of fits with that uh cosmic vibe and all that all that stuff so i i just i can't wait to dive into that book um but yeah i i wanted to ask you um just um going into 2024 here um kind of what was your favorite kind of moment in 2023 and what are you looking forward most to in 2024 that's tough to answer just because uh, all of time blurs together and I don't, what was, what happened last year? Yeah. I mean, I do think, you know, getting to go to New York and I'd never been to New York my first time on that coast of America and getting to like, not just announce Moon Man on stage with Scott, which was obviously very exciting, but also just like, rolling that into into a trip around america and like 
you know, getting to see New York for the first time. I had a minor panic attack in the M&M store. Um, that place is cursed. That's It's like, we can, we can talk about that later as well. It's got real bad juju, yeah. and I do not chaos. like it. Chaos. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pure chaos over there. Why are sure. there three levels of a shop for M&Ms? There's like eight <laughs> kinds of M&Ms. Yeah. They, they got That's, the Ferris wheel, I think, in the Toys R Us over there. Yeah, they they go crazy over there. I, I I didn't like it, but no, that was like that was a great trip and something I'd been what like. Obviously, you know, you sort of grow up hearing about New York and getting to actually see it and like see a show on Broadway and go see the Statue of Liberty, and that was a that was a really great couple of weeks. On top of getting to you know spend like five days at New York Comic Con with. Or basically all of these people, like we had the whole writing crew out pretty much, a couple of artists, a couple of like, you know, people that I never really expected to meet, like Luana, who draws our covers on Rogue Sun, was there. Um, that was a yeah, that was just a really great trip. And I think luckily was late in the year. So it really is still kind of fresh in my memory about, you know, anything that happened in like March last year might as well have happened 10 years ago that's fair that's exciting that's exciting that's amazing. yeah um i gotta say i did get a chance to read moon man number one and yeah we want to just to talk about that a little bit before we yeah. dive into the yeah dove into the massiverse stuff just because it is coming up really soon it is pretty huge and honestly it it was it just came out of nowhere it was really a pleasant surprise so yeah i got a chance to read it obviously i'm not going to spoil nothing um uh, you know pick the book up when it comes out in january uh it was an, it was great, fantastic. I really wasn't sure what to expect, but I thought it was amazing. I love the colors, of course, by Igor. I thought Marco uh, Lucati's art was great. Of course, Kyle, you know, another great script from Kyle. I just want to ask: is is this book planned to be a mini, a maxi, or an ongoing series? Uh, I believe that the current plan is that it will be an ongoing series. I mean, Ooh. in the current market, you know, who can say whether that means. 12 issues, 30 issues, 100 issues. But we certainly have planned a couple of arcs very sort of loosely. Um, this is something that I sort of, I, it feels important to say, like, you hear about celebrities doing comics a lot. And I think everybody sort of understands that that could be a whole range from, like, yeah, fine, whatever, put my face in it. Scott on this book is, like, approved and gave notes on character designs, sees scripts, gives notes on scripts, rewrites dialogue on scripts, like plotted the whole thing with Kyle, is giving notes on pages when he's got notes. Like, is this is a project that he is super invested in uh, and really, like, wants to spend some time in this world. So I can't say for sure how long it will be at this point, but... You know, there's more than six issues for sure, is I guess what I would say. So we can have like a doll cutty writing this by the end of it. If it goes, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't think I'm contractually allowed to laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's but, amazing to hear that he's that invested in the project and it's not just uh, like a gimmick, like that he's sending notes, he's invested, and he's a really talented yeah. creative mind in his own right. So, you know, this is really going to be a powerful book. So I'm excited to uh, get the full, full story. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I'm curious, what was it like 
kind of working with someone who's not a pure comic book writer, but someone who obviously he's a super creative person, um, he seems like. But what, what was it like working with him and how involved was he with the actual writing aspect of the story and stuff? Sure. So this has been an interesting project. He and Kyle have been working on it on and off for a couple of years now. And it was originally not going to be a book that I was particularly involved in. I think probably I would have done the logo no matter what, but I was not going to edit it. Uh, and it just happened that it's sort of like it, op it opened up along uh, like as a sort of okay, this is when we want to launch it. It's time to start the project when some other parts in my schedule opened up and it just became like, okay, I guess let's let's run this book. So what I do know is that, like, you know, they did multiple versions of multiple outlines together, like talking on calls, going back and forth about who, like, who the character is, what the story is, what the story in this arc is, what the story in this issue is. Uh, and got that sort of boiled down to something. And then I don't really know how they wrote it together exactly. Like, because of time zones and because they're both in LA, Kyle and Scott have a lot more sort of direct interaction. And I just sort of, like, look at look at early steps and look at finished products and give notes. Um, I Look, what I can say is, like, I know that they wrote it together. I know that there were like this specific lines of dialogue, at least in there that Scott like wrote, gave notes on, tweaked, adjusted. Uh, I assume they basically like properly co-wrote this issue. That's very cool. Uh, that's that's cool to hear for sure. And did did you have any personal experiences with him? Like, did you get on any calls with him or get a chance to talk with him at all or? Yeah, yeah, I like have been on a, a couple of calls as we were sort of getting closer to the the announcement date and like talking about really when we needed stuff and what we needed. Cool. Um it's I mean, it's it you know, in uh in New York, got to go to his show that he did on the night before New York Comic Con. That's um have met him, met him a couple times in person at that New York week because you know, he was at, we did a, there was a retailer breakfast where we announced the book to a bunch of retailers and he was there. And obviously he was on the panel that I moderated when we announced the book. Um, like I, he is a business colleague. Like we're not super tight buddies. I'm not like texting him about hanging out, but he's been really lovely to work with really like knows what he wants, knows why he wants it. Can articulate that like lots of really smart notes that get us to what he wants. Nice. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. I just want to say like, obviously you've been an editor for a while now. You've gotten like a lot of um, images in your inbox from amazing artists, covers, like interior pages, what have you. But I, I do want to point out that, uh, you know, in, in, in keeping in the spirit of the Masterverse and pretty much all the books you edit for the most part, for being honest, you guys continue to have an insanely strong cover game. And with Moonman number one, we have incentive variants uh, by Sanford Green, Christian Ward, Matt Taylor, and Bill Sienkiewicz. So that's like that's honestly insane. Is it? Is it like you feel like whenever you get some of these, like you know, Bill Sienkiewicz, for example, like that's a big one. You feel like okay, as an editor, that's some sort of like you feel like proud of that when you see that you're doing like a cover by some some legend. You know what I mean for one of the books you're editing? Yeah, it's like you know, especially 
on something like this. Like Bill did the cover for Scott's first album. So we knew on that that wow. like there was a connection there and it was, you know, obviously Bill's a legend. Would love to have a, a Bill Sienkiewicz cover on any book I ever work on until the end of time. Um, but knowing that we had a connection there and we could make that ask and there was like a better chance that he would work out and fit it into his schedule is obviously really lovely. I mean, it's like, I think the thing that is cool for me is that I love getting covers from legends as much as I love getting covers from brand new people. Like last year, I can think of one off the top of my head where I got someone's first ever comics work, like ever. Wow. They'd never done a comics cover. Um, and like, I, I like doing that stuff as well. Like it's really cool. The thing about someone like Bill or Sanford or Christian is, you know, when you send them a brief, what you're going to get back is incredible. Uh, but there's something equally cool about being like, I think you're going to give me something incredible let's see and then it works i will say we've got one cover we've got a lot of great covers coming for all of our books but especially moon man uh i sent there's one email i got to send uh, a couple of days ago to someone that genuinely like that person's work has meant a lot to me over the course of my life um and I won't say who it is because I will tweet about it once we've got that cover and, and all of that. But one that, like, I'd been pushing for a long time that I think that they would be great. It got lined up, got to email them, managed to not sort of wrote the paragraph about, like, lovely to meet you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Tell me all about all of these things. Deleted that whole bit. Sent a very professional, clear <laughs> email instead. And we'll save all of the gushing for, like, once the cover is in and the professional relationship has concluded a little um, stuff like that has, you know, the idea that I would ever get to email that person about a work thing is nuts. That's awesome. Um, is there anything specific that might not be apparent in the advertising or the solicits for moon man that you would like to get across to listeners? Ooh, that's interesting. Um, Cause there, there are some things, but I don't, I have to be careful how many of them are intentionally secret. Okay. Um, I guess what I would say is like, this is a big modern superhero story. Like, you know, it's starting quite grounded in the same way that like Radiant Black started quite grounded. Um, the team want to go to some pretty big and far out and wild places in the future. Like, and I think, you know, we talked about the possibility of this book being in the massive verse, maybe. And ultimately what we settled on is the stuff that they want to do would change the massive verse so much that it would like, we could do it, but it would be seismic. And I think like, it's better to sort of like not throw off all of the things that other people have planned, keep it in its own little place. So there's some crazy stuff coming down the line. Uh, and I think like, you know, the preview pages we've released so far are quite sort of plain. I think, Bash, if you've read that full first issue, like we start getting into some of the bigger ideas 
and there is more of that stuff to come. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Actually, um, I was curious just for um, just for my own sake. Um, we know how busy Igor is and stuff. Um, but are we pl- are we planning on um, like having um them like the same artists on for all the issues kind of thing? Is that the plan? Or uh, I, I guess what I would say is that's uh, that's broadly the plan. I mean, so from two different perspectives, sometimes there is an idea for an issue and you go like, it'd be neat if someone else drew that. And I don't want to rule that out. And I also like, everyone's a human who lives a human life and (laughs) stuff happens. And, you know, if we, if something happens that we need to trade someone out for a little bit, we will do that if we have to. But yeah, at the moment, no plans for this book to like have a rotating cast of artists. This will be Marco and Igor's book. Yeah. Awesome. There's Owen chiming in. He's excited for yeah. Moon Man. That's cool. I don't know anyone. Interesting busy. comparison. Yeah, there. I, I do. Yeah, I, I'm definitely very excited. Like the the first issue left me very excited. And I guess should we say is there is there a I don't know is there any multimedia component to the book? Uh, not at the moment. Like, uh, you know, I think I think people know that we love doing that stuff in Gradient Black. I think. Like, it's certainly a thing that we'll talk about as we move forward. Um, This is something that we have sort of talked about, I guess, internally is like, how do I put this? You don't want to do things just to do them, right? Like, we always knew it would be cool to do a Radiant Black animated thing. The reason to do it has to be like, now's a good time to talk about how the public is perceiving Radiant Black. That means someone making a Radiant Black movie. That means great opportunity to make that Radiant Black movie. And so if the right opportunity comes up, everyone's really excited about this book, I'd love to do something animated or something live action or like a piece of music or whatever it would end up being. I'd love to do that sort of stuff. Uh, We just would find the right moment for it. Yeah, I, I I appreciate that. I, I think that's you know a smart call, and I also think that uh, I say thanks to you guys. Well, Moonman continues to be a gift from Black Market Narrative in the sense that uh, not only is it a a uh, an extra sized first issue, but it's only three ninety nine as well. So <laughs> there's no uh, Marvel yeah, uh, tax there. <laughs> so, uh, thank you for that. Yeah, um, always yeah, on that. Yeah, so we really do appreciate that, and. Um, I do want to say that, uh, you know, with that being, with everything we just said, Moon Man number one is by Kyle Higgins, Scott Muscudi, aka Kid Cuddy, Marco Lucati, Igor Monti, Hassan Atzman Elhau, and of course Michael Basudo. You can find it in your local comic book shops January 31st, 2024. Make sure you pick it up with, like we said earlier, a bunch of amazing variants. So, uh, yeah, go to your comic shops, pick it up so that we can talk about it when it releases. It's going to be, I'm really excited to see what people think. And uh, <laughs> with that being said, let's let's talk about the Massiverse a little bit. So, yeah, all right, uh, let yeah. me settle in. Hold on. All right, here we go. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, one thing I guess now that we kind of were segueing, I guess I want to ask is as the Massiverse uh, continues to progress and evolve, like over time, has your role as editor changed or evolved? It's interesting. Um. 
yes, absolutely, and also no. Um, I think, like, something that is really interesting that I could never have predicted about it is that my role on each individual book can be quite different. Um, You know, there are some books on which I am more hands-on and, like, everybody needs a bit more, like, here is when everything is due, here is the schedule, here is what we're going to do. There are other books where I am a bit more hands-off and, like, the people who are making that book have a closer hand on that wheel and I just need to sort of, like, chime in occasionally. Uh, And that is something that, like, shifts as we move forward, that changes as other people either, like, you know, start taking a more active role or see that I am handling it and step back or any sort of number of reasons. Um, But at the same time, it very much feels the same as it did a couple of years ago. I just get more emails now. <laughs> like, yeah. the, you know, the the volume has changed. I think last year was a peak. I think there will be less books this year than there were last year, just in terms of raw numbers. Um, but counterbalanced by some other stuff, which, you know, like, every issue of Radiant Black for the last six months has been two issues of Radiant Black. Um, yeah, the 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 volume has changed, the scope has changed. The actual sort of day-to-day part, not not vastly, I don't think. Cool. Um, actually, um, I, I was going through um, your guys' last interview. I, I, didn't, I didn't partake, unfortunately. Um, but I heard... Um, you were already you're listing off all the books you're a part of and you said you were handling it but it was definitely tough um so now it's it's definitely a little a little less now like you said um which is good but my question is has that gotten easier over time have you gotten like more efficient with things in your job or is it obviously everything's time consuming so um has anything gotten easier for you oh god um Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, when I started Radiant Black, I had not edited a comic before, you know? And we are now, I guess, three years, pretty much three years since Radiant Black issue one, which means probably close to four years since we started working on the project. And I would be very worried if four years in, I wasn't better at it than when I started. Um, The unfortunate truth of it is that there's a lot of parts that just will always take time like designing a new book whether you're designing your first book or designing your 20th book it just takes time to design a book the good part is you know i have a better handle on like what what we need when we need it what's important up front what can be pushed back and like worked on over time you know i when we designed the first radiant black trade we kind of weren't, th- I, w- I wasn't thinking about the trade until we started getting like, so this is when the trade will be due. And I was like, oh yeah, we're going to have to design a trade. Whereas I have like volume six of Radiant Black is pretty close to ready to go once all those issues are done already because I can do it. And it took a couple of hours to update the files and I had a couple of hours And so we got it done really early. So I think that that's like, I have gotten much better at working out what needs to be done 
and slotting it in when I'm available. Um, very few of the things I do take less time than they used to, but okay, that's fine. As as long as you know how long it takes to do something, yeah, uh, I don't think that's particularly a problem. Yeah. Nice. Uh, aside from uh, clarifying things for like retailers and stuff, what's been the most difficult part of doing two red and black issues at once? Oh, doing twice as much work. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, you know, uh, every issue is, tw- the script is twice as long because it's two issues. There's twice as many pages coming in. But I think more complicatedly than that, you're juggling two histories of two books like we're not just remembering the radiant black law you're remembering the radiant black law and how it's split those two issues have to work as part of their individual timelines but they do also bounce off each other and talk to each other and reflect each other um i think particularly sort of the the most recent radiant black which i won't spoil here is a very distinct like those two timelines can no longer even seem like they exist together. And so the issues beyond that, as those two diverge even further, has become like, okay, which one, who heard this? Like, where did this happen? Who did this happen to? Has become trickier. Uh, In fact, we have a call, I think, this afternoon or tomorrow about, like, something quite like about like lining up where some characters are in each individual timeline for other more complicated reasons than that. Um, That's the complicated thing. And I will be very happy once we go back to one book (laughs) and I only have to remember one version of radiant black forever. Yeah. Um, but I mean that God, the trade-off is that Eduardo and Marcelo are both sending us yeah. pages. Like getting to <laughs> getting to see that, and Rod and uh, Raúl both coloring uh, are doing incredible jobs. Like Becca pulls somehow now two issues of Incredible Letters out every month. Uh, that you know, it's it's worth it. And I think <laughs> once once you guys see. The front half of the event is like Act One, Act Two. Act Three goes crazy, you guys. Act like Marcelo did the cover for Act for Volume Six, which covers the back half. Uh, oh, you guys, you guys! <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really excited. This is when we get into the awesome. the really cool stuff. Awesome, and when you say it, we believe it. You've never steered us wrong with something crazy. Like I set my watch to it. You guys always blow our minds with that kind of stuff. So looking forward to. it. I'm trying yeah, to think. Cool. 28, 28 is big. Twenty nine A and B kind of feel like when we blow the doors off, and then thirty A and B, well, you just have to put everything back together again in some form to keep going after that, and that'll be super easy, and no one's stressed about it at all. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess one of my questions is. Again, this, I guess, is both an editing question and just like a general question as well. Recently, we noticed that uh, for, for example, for Radiant Black, like 27.5 and for No One, number seven, there were different like fill-in artists and they did a fantastic job. They were incredible artists as well. Like Tobias Danielouz, I believe, on one of them. So, yeah, it's fantastic stuff. So 
I, I just wondering at what point do you guys decide that internally? Like, was that planned or was that last minute, minute switch up? And uh, yeah, that's just basically my question. Yeah. So for, for both those guys, I guess what I would say is at the moment we are running pretty hard in the paint against the schedule at the moment. And um, that's just like, it happens towards the end of every arc of every book people like either start to have other work that starts to come up because they're lining up their next job or like Marcelo just sort of didn't even take a month off, but needed some time and couldn't do another issue of Radiant Black in that month. Uh, and so, you know, let me work out how to phrase this. I would obviously rather that the the series artist draws every issue, but those people are human beings and we will always look after their health and their mental health and their arms and sanity and schedules. And sometimes that means like, well, we could take and we could push the books all out another month, but then we start pushing everything else in the schedule and, that becomes a bit of a nightmare or we could find someone who can do a pretty good sort of substitution job. Like Antonio Fuso, who drew the no one issue does a pretty great, I, I don't even want to call it a Geraldo impression, but their styles are quite similar, uh, especially once Mark goes in and colors and same with Tobias and Marcelo. Uh, and so, you know, you find someone they we just we get them and then hopefully that buys the other person enough time to uh do it and i i want to say the other thing is like that is not just always an artist reason like sometimes the writer needs more time on a script and that bumps against someone's other commitment or the colorist needs pages sooner and that bumps against it's not when we have an alternate artist i don't want people to think that it's just because an artist has had a problem uh it's just that because the art is the most time consuming part of an issue that's the part that most often requires a substitution yeah, yeah. i honestly like i'm glad you mentioned that because in the moment like it's easy to complain about things like delays but i think we it, what really put it into perspective was earlier uh, last year was it maybe you tweeted like 2023 and you had the picture of all the books you edited that year and honestly when we looked at that and we like thought about the output both in terms of quality and quantity it's it's honestly like insane <laughs> just, yeah. like it's it really is it's insane like I, I like me being just a reader i'm like proud of myself for having been invested in a universe like where there's both a universe and a creative like directive right like black market narrative where there's there's, there's so much variety like a diversity in terms of the the, the themes being explored and the, the actual books themselves so i can't imagine how proud you are in terms of like how much you accomplished that year both like in terms of quality and quantity yeah, I think the other thing that I just want to say about delays while we're sort of talking about that is something that we are working on, especially 2024 and moving forward, is building in slightly bigger gaps uh, in between arcs or planned in the middle of stories if necessary so that the there might be longer between the books, but they come out on time. Uh, like Rogue Sun issue 18 is out. Yeah, I think in February, I think the middle of February, Rogue Sun's going to be taking a couple of months off. 
and that is we're not stopping anything on our end like ryan's working on issues 19 and 20 at the moment um but taking that time off will let abel spend a little more time on each issue and uh, i think uh, i don't have we said this after catalyst war radiant black will take a bit of a break as well and it will probably be a slightly longer break like we're not going to be gone for a year but it'll probably be you know a couple of months um we've been running the engine at full steam for three years and everybody needs to like take a breather work out what's next sort of specifically and like broader now that we're on the other side of this huge inflection point and then regroup and come back and, and start again so my i'm not going to tell you that every issue this year is going to ship on time uh but we're we're trying to get closer to it yeah appreciate awesome. that for sure um actually um uh, kind of a question about your whole editing and and everything sure. but how do you you're just speaking so much about the future and all future plans and stuff how often do you ever have to work on things like that are in the moment and do you have to keep yourself like crazy organized or how, like how do you keep yourself in the moment when you're just like and you're constantly trying to think ahead and plan on stuff ahead if i lifted up my laptop you would see what my room looks like and uh the the mess stays out of here because it's it's everywhere around here um yeah like you know uh, i have sort of all lost track for the past two years of what day and date it is today um because yeah you know we're juggling i i've got a schedule that i've built out to july and probably need to build out even further than that like um it's tricky the the good part is that there is always an urgent email in my inbox and i say that unironically like when we do de we deliver issues and we have deadlines and often i like you know you forget to upload something or someone spots a typo and it needs to be fixed there is always like up to the minute stuff that needs to happen that helps you focus on like okay this is what has to happen immediately and then we can worry about next week next month six months okay. from now um it's tricky it's for sure tricky i mean you have to hold space for the sort of timelines that are, are like this week like what will be due on monday do we have it all of that this month like what what are all the other coming mondays and are we on track for it next month next three months like we're, that's what we're soliciting so we need covers and descriptions and if we're gonna need a fill-in artist we need to say that person's name in the solicit so let's make sure six months when a trade's coming out what's that a year what do our books look like in 2025 will we have the same book so we is anything ending is anything starting all of it's it's a future forward job in a lot of ways uh but that's the that's the fun of it that's like that's what's what's good is getting a piece of art and thinking i'm now set for june when someone needs that from me fair enough and you're still doing your podcast in all this in all this yeah. chaos 
Yeah, never Mr. Wednesday. That's insane. That's often that's because incredible. we record on a Tuesday <laughs> night, but never Mr. Wednesday. <laughs> you're you're a different kind of Wednesday warrior that's altogether. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's but, amazing. Yeah, I I guess I have one question that I really have always wanted to ask, um, and I think I'm pretty sure it's been on the guy's mind at some point, but. When did you guys discuss internally, or was it always the plan that the vote that you wouldn't, in fact, reveal the results like doing issue 25, but you're going to do it after Catalyst Award? Was always like, was always along with how the vote worked, always knew that that was like that was the plan. Uh, I, I'll happily say, tried to talk Kyle out of it a bunch of times. <laughs> Um, uh, like you can find my sporadic emails every couple of months being like, Hey, are we sure we're doing it? Like you're, you're really sure this is what we're going to, okay. All right, fine. This is what we're doing. Um, I don't remember how far back it goes. It goes back at least 18 months. Definitely. That's probably a real underestimate. Like not quite since we killed Nathan, but certainly not long after that was like okay what does the next two years of the book look like then we do a vote then we secretly do two books then you find out who won the vote was always always the plan that's great oh that's great um actually i i had i had uh kind of switching gears a little bit i i had a question about ryan's ryan's new book um yeah infernals um so is that that's completely separate to the massive verse, right? Um, yeah, not not a massive verse title. You won't find the massive verse okay. logo on it. Uh, other than myself and Ryan, like no sort of crossover in creative teams. It's okay. a a story that he and Noah Gardner, who's they're co-writing it together. Uh, I think it was a. I, Ryan will correct me if I'm wrong about this. I think it was like Noah sort of had an idea for a story. Uh, Noah is a, a prolific sort of film writer. Um, had an idea. Those two have known each other for a very long time. And they were like, I think that that's a comic. Let's do it. They brought John Pearson on, who is doing just the most buck wild art, like some real, some real was, crazy yeah, shit. Truly, truly. They just um, had a pinup today, a crazy pinup that that looked unreal. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, like that's some really exciting stuff. Where some some of John's friends and other artists we know and really like are like, just you know, everything's about trying to get the word out about the cool stuff that we're working on. Um, so that is like not connected to the massive verse at all. Is its own cool. sort of fantasy universe. Um, but it's it's real good. I'm real excited about it. Yeah, just the concept alone. Yeah, it sounded really cool. And I, I also wasn't sure it sounded just because of it had very supernatural taste to it, kind of like Rogue Sun. So yeah, I just thought I'd thought I'd ask that question. But yeah, I, I can't wait for that. And when is that book out? Uh, first issue drops on Valentine's Day, February Valentine's 14th. Day. Okay, cool. And um, um, and everyone watching this too, uh, Ryan's doing a live stream at 7, 7 p.m. Ta talking about the book. Uh, he said he's going to reveal something, so. Oh, did out. he? Okay. Excited yeah. to find out what he revealed. Uh, on that one, I'm, you know, that's one of the projects where, like, John's a veteran. He's worked on a bunch of comics. Ryan has worked on a bunch of comics. It's Noah's first comic experience. So all of my emails have to have a little, okay, here's what FOC is and why it's important to us paragraph. But he's been really great at, like, 
I get to be a little more hands off. Two experienced writers working on a script together is like all I have to do is make sure that there's not two page seventeens or whatever. Um, I don't need to give like copious notes and detailed thoughts and stuff. And they know what they want that book to be, and it is coming out as that book. So I'm really excited for people to get to read it. For sure, yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, obviously one of the funnest things about being in a, in, in a, I guess, in what you're doing with Black Market Narrative in terms of the amount of amazing creators you have is that you have, you get to have a lot of discussions, especially something like the Massiverse, where you guys obviously are, you each have your own books that are doing their own things that kind of siloed, and, but you also have the occasional crossover, like in Supermassive. So I guess my question is, with that being said, with all these characters, you know, there's being invested in the same universe. Have you guys ever, whether it's you, Matt, and you, you of course don't have to name names, but we're obviously, we're just, we're calling the usual suspects, you know, Ryan, uh, Melissa, you know, anyone else, uh, maybe Cherish. Did you guys ever have discussions internally or maybe even debates about who you guys voted for? Kind of like people on the Discord or other social media places do about, you know, the Reading Black vote? We definitely talked about it, and I think everyone voted. I think if I'm remembering right, I think, like, Megan Camarena voted really early, like like first five or ten votes early. Um, everyone voted. Everyone had an opinion. I think because everyone had a sort of understanding of – because we knew we were going to do both stories – we had an understanding of where each of those stories would go in Catalyst War. And that for a lot of people, I think, colored their votes in interesting ways. Like, I don't know who you guys voted for. Where we're at now, would you have changed your vote? That's no. a, that's actually an interesting question. And no, no, that, definitely. We, we all voted Marshall. <laughs> yeah, they, I think, I think we, we all voted Marshall. I think Melissa did tell us she voted for Nathan. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. But I, I believe she did say that on, on the podcast. Um, but after, we, we, after what happened, we have to be especially dicky not to say we changed our vote after what happened at the end of part, part, like part five or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'd still stick the same. I, yeah. I am interested to see if you still have that opinion in the next couple of issues, not even because like, Oh, the Marshall timeline all goes bad and Nathan fixes all the problems, but just as those start to really diverge, I, I would, I'll be interested to see if people change their minds. That's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I, 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 some, uh, Chris T says here, I'd love to see characters with completed series play more prominent roles in Radium Black with that lucky ending. Well, I guess that's never been confirmed, mostly just speculated. I hope BB can stay involved. Uh, yeah, of course. In terms yeah, I think, episode. like, uh, without saying about, you know, whether books are ending or not ending, the advantage of a shared universe is that those characters will continue to exist. Uh, like, and I mean that about about truly all of them. Like when Cowl characters, or I, Cowl is more ideas than characters, uh, but when those ideas get involved in the stories, like Kyle talks to Alec about them. And I would imagine if Rogue Sun ended next week, uh, which it doesn't, to be clear, but if it were to end, we would, you know, that would mean that Dylan was a player in the universe. And especially with something like a supermassive 
that could be a great opportunity to check back in with those characters at some point, use them to like see how other people are doing and keep the universe feeling alive like that. So I don't, we haven't had a book end yet other than the mini series that were always intended and they spin out of Radiant Black. So like, that's a sort of a different situation, but I mean, I can say no one is 10 issues. We know it's ending at 10 issues beyond that. I don't know if no one, the character is necessarily the right guy to slot into a, another story like that. But certainly like if Radiant Black ended up in Pittsburgh, I would want him doing a, like doing a chat with the, the no one podcast or like, you know, meeting the police over there. Like, those parts here's kyle great hi kyle um yeah i kyle the thing is i know we have ideas and i'm trying to avoid saying any of those ideas <laughs> on account of this is a podcast and not a google chat that you and i have um yeah it's uh everything exists in the universe and we have object permanence so those yeah we do we do have a call later that's fine kyle um all of those things will continue to exist after their books end, or even if like a character left a book or goes away from a book for a bit, everything still exists and is on the table for us if we want that. Cool. Cool. Actually, yeah. speaking of the whole shared universe, um, yeah. I actually want to go back to, uh, again, your guys' interview almost two years ago. You were talking about how one of your goals where you wanted to keep the stories self-contained in themselves yep. um, and e even though it's in a big expanded world um, but I just want to check back how do you guys think you're still doing with that and uh, like how, how do you guys feel about that with so many more books and and all, all these more things going on so um, yeah I just wanted to get your aspect on that really genuinely and I don't brag often I think we've nailed it yep. like yep. I you know I it's it's rare to talk to people who aren't reading everything and so i don't really know if it works to strangers but from my perspective there is nothing in the first three volumes of rogue sun that requires you to read any other books even with the radiant minis i know people who've just picked up one of them or like who entered the universe there and then came back and got context i think the way we've managed to weave red and pink back in after their solo stories has worked. I'm that's the thing that I'm probably the proudest of to date is like, I think you can read any of those books individually, uh, but please read them all. I like it when you read them all because you buy more copies of books that I work on. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and it does make everything feel more complete but like you said you don't have to read everything so yeah it's just great that way kyle um, my man you can just jump on podcasts with me like yeah. when i say i'm doing a podcast just be like i'll do it too and then you could just be here yeah kyle if you want to shift in here shift oh, in. Kyle, <laughs> we have a call later and i need him to not get distracted yeah but yeah we're, we're giving away a copy of uh shift number one the dino cool variant so for us canadian people only sorry guys the shipping so expensive if anyone wants to uh yeah get in on this just type in the comments below whether it's in the live or after it becomes a video just let us know what are you most excited about for the massive verse or black market narrative in 2024 
And yeah, let's hear it, guys. I'm sure there's so much, there's honestly so much to look forward to. But yeah, speaking of, um, I wanted to ask you guys, <laughs> you specifically, Michael, um, did you put the, or did you guys include the timeline in the shift just to get people to stop asking? Him? <laughs> Uh, no, that's not. No, that's not the only reason. Um, it, is, it is a reason for sure. Um, one of those things where, like, we had, you know, the page count has to be a multiple of eight pages, so we had some pages in the back matter to fill. Uh, specifically, we had like a double page spread, and it really made. <laughs> okay, great. Um, <laughs> it really just made sense to be like. Of all of the characters in the universe, this guy has weaved through the most stuff. Uh, he was in Radiant Black, where he's a Radiant Black character. He was in the shift stories in the Image Anthology. He appeared in The Dead Lucky. He appeared in Radiant Red. Going forward, he will return to Radiant Black in the near future. So it felt like of everything, that's the character and especially if people are picking up this book that is like, here's who Shift is, here's why you might be interested in him, to be like, you know, if this had been a Radiant Black one-shot story, people not like, what do I read next? Well, you read Radiant Black volumes one through six, job done. If people are like, I like Shift, where do I get the collected adventures of Shift? You need these specific volumes of different books if you want everything. A timeline then if you're gonna put them all on the page you have to put them all in an order so it might as well be chronological order uh and then timeline job done luckily there's eight of them so it could just be a perfect double page spread if it had been nine i don't know what i would have done <laughs> yeah I, like I the idea of, say, yeah the idea of the one shot sorry i just wanted to say it, it was brilliant because as from our point of view as a pot as the reading black podcast and just doing a lot of massive versa related content over over the past couple of years one of the things that people ask us the most about are the shift stories and image so just like that i think that reprint was really needed and i'm i'm glad you guys gave us a bonus awesome cover so yeah thanks yeah, thanks no i'm i'm really excited about all the folks who managed to read those image books i think that were a great anthology a great way to celebrate the 30th anniversary but i know that like for whatever reason some people didn't get to them and we want to try and make sure everything's collected and it was not possible for timing purposes to get them all into volume three and then it didn't really make sense to slot them into volume four and so where will we put them well we put them in a, a one shot there's you know, there were five eight-page stories. That's a that's a that's a mini. That made a lot of sense. Yeah. Oh, if he still has a job at the movie store, mate. If the movie <laughs> store still exists, like that's the yeah. There's there's so many steps we have to get back to before we get back to Marshall having a job. <laughs> that mean, assumes that Marshall survived. I mean, God, yeah, all sorts <laughs> of things. Yeah. Someone wants to send Kyle the link. I mean, by all means, I'll like, send Kyle the link. Hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess I guess my, my my one other question is, I don't know if you can confirm this, but if you can, I might as well take my shot. Um, when Radiant Black returns post Catalyst War, is it going yep. to be Radiant Black thirty one? Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. I I am 
playing with the idea that volume seven will be called something like uh reboot or all new number one um because each one is a is a sort of like comics industry in joke and yeah. it will it. because of the way that catalyst war will end it will be like not a not a reboot not a universe reset but i think it will in some ways be sort of like a new jumping on point it's like okay status quo has changed what does this new universe look like after all of that um but it will be issue 31 that arc will be issues 31 through 36 uh and we will be continuing with the numbering i don't want to say we will never ever do a new number one if uh, some sort of reason made sense for it but the trades will certainly never go back to number one for as long as i can help it well hey kyle I guess. Guys? Yeah, we hey. don't want to. We don't want a mighty Morphin oh. Power Rangers. It. Oh. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, yeah. What would we do? Split the book into two different books, but. <laughs> well, but we're collecting it in a sensible way. So, um, yeah. Fair enough. Um, actually, Kyle, while, while you're here, I want to ask you about Moon Man. Um, sure. What What was it like uh, working with Kid Kid Cudi? um like like just we we know he's not he's not a right has he written anything before this at all yeah uh, that he's, you're aware of he's written i mean he's, he's he writes to like not like no comic books or story like books or anything no i mean there was something that he did i think through dark horse a couple of years ago tied to mr oh. rager that was like a little short oh. comic thing but i'm not i'm not actually sure what it was i just i've seen it around and um, I haven't actually dug into to what it what it is, really is, but um, no, he um, Scott loves comics like he has his whole life. So I think there's like an alternate reality version of him that was a cartoonist or an illustrator. Like if you look at even like the movie Intergalactic, um, that is a f very fictional uh, version of life as an illustrator, comic book illustrator. But that is at the heart of the movie like that's the main character who scott plays his passion and his career um so i think like what ultimately ended up happening was scott um you know in partnership at the time with braun the canadian finance company i'm not sure if they're canadian or not but the finance company um they started mad solar which was scott's production company and then it became well hey we could actually make moon man for real um moon man is a reference that um you know scott has made in his music throughout you know for the over the last 10 years um at least and so it was like okay well what if moon man were actually a character and a superhero and then a superhero comic um and so that was really kind of the starting point um and then it's been great you know, I mean, we come at things from different disciplines, um, but, um, you know, he's got great taste and, um, and good ideas. And, um, you know, we're, we, we build and run this book like all of our other series. So it's, um, you know, it's very, very collaborative. He and I text a lot uh, at weird hours about the Ninja Turtles uh, and other things like that. Um, but um but you know it's it's as you do so awesome awesome do you guys like the new movie new, new ninja turtles movie loved I, it 
I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I have, I have like, I have some nitpicks, but yeah, a um, few too many mutants for me personally. Yeah. But yeah. it was called Mutant Mayhem, so like <laughs> they they warned me, you know. Yeah, that's on me. I, I was bummed. I I felt like Michelangelo wasn't very funny. Interesting. And despite them setting up the idea that the character is funny, um, true. And if the and if the take yeah. was, oh, this is just a not funny version of Michelangelo, I, I would have not. That wouldn't be what I would do, but I would understand it. But this was like. No, he's funny, except I felt like he wasn't. Um, and that hurt it a lot for me because it's like you have these scenes where like Mondo Gecko and Michelangelo, like this should be hysterical. And like Paul Rudd's pulling his weight, you know, um, but it's just not it's not quite landing. So it was stuff like that for me. But um, I'm so excited ex it exists and like mm. we're going to have turtles for like a whole new generation now. You know, I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, the thing that I've talked to Matt about in particular is like it's just really exciting that because he was Spider-Man, they got to really go all out on those Spider-Verse movies. And because that made a bajillion dollars and won an Oscar, like people are just being like, hey, animators go. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't have to look like we've done animation for 70 years. Go nuts again. And like – right. That movie looks wild, and I wish I'd seen it on a big screen. I watched it on the plane, and I would love to, like, spend a little time with it on a real TV and see what some of those details actually look like. It's funny. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I don't, like, we found out recently that I do a few comic professionals do actually watch the show. And I, I'm not going to name anyone, but I don't know if someone from uh, IDW is listening. Uh, Kyle really wants to write the turtles. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> I. I sadly I don't have the time um, as much as I would. They they are one of the very few. I've been I've been kind of vocal about this. They're one of the very few, if not the only, um, like big meaningful property that I haven't had the fortune to work on yet. That I would definitely want to find a way to work on. So um, I don't know what that is or what that means. Um, but yeah, one day one day we'll I'll do something. Uh, something turtles related. So, okay. right, awesome. now that we're a bit um, kind of off track here, um, I, I loved your tweet, Michael. Your uh, Mickey Mouse of uh, your Mickey Mouse verse. Do, do, do we have a pitch here, or is this top secret? Is this top secret? Uh, you saving it? I or? do not understand the laws of public domain enough that I am willing to even risk getting in trouble with Disney. <laughs> Um, I, it's just that when I was joking about it with Matt and I came up with Mickey Mouseive, I just had to put it on a cover and send it around. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah. Peter Pan was up there too, right? I think Peter, Peter Pan was one yeah, of the characters. I, or my understanding domain. is Peter Pan is complicated because the right situation is different in the UK to no. the way it is in America. Uh, something about the JM Barrier state. I think he left the rights to a charity, something something i'm not going to pretend i'm an expert on it but yeah it's it's cool to see you know some of that stuff finally being accessible to other people to have a play with and and see what they can do yeah since we're off track i'm just gonna i'm gonna take advantage guys if you're not reading oh yeah this book it's so good and honestly i really hope that you guys get the eyes and their buzz that you deserve <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like 
this like it's a good shot just reading the book and the quality on the book is, is fantastic but yeah guys make sure you check out deep cuts it's really really good um you want to talk about that a little bit Kyle? sure yeah um that i'm not gonna lie that's definitely one that we are hopeful that the eisners will take note of um hmm. and i know image is definitely going to submit it um <clears throat> It's a uh, it's a series that kind of came out of a hey wouldn't it be cool if kind of conversation years ago in like 2019 between Eric Stevenson and myself and it, suddenly it was like oh doing a a book in the world of jazz with each issue going through different eras and doing it prestige format like that was kind of like we just we found that like on the spot and I said well the only way I could do this is with my one of my best friends, Joe Clark, um, who I grew up playing in jazz bands with, who has scored a number of projects of mine over the years, um, who it turns out is a brilliant comic book writer. It's infuriating how, how good he is at it, considering you know, his day job is being this badass trumpet player in Chicago. And he's a teacher at DePaul. He works with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Like he's done all, anyway, he's, he's just a pretty amazing guy. Um, and so <clears throat> Joe and I cracked it very quickly. Um, the spine of what all six were and then wrote them. Gosh, I mean, Michael, those scripts have been done for, a, 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 at least a year at this point yeah the um, the later ones certainly i think the earlier ones maybe even longer than that yeah yeah but um it's just it's a series that we're all like immensely proud of and that issue in particular in particular issue four that's one that joe and i then reworked the voiceover um fairly significantly on thanksgiving we we like spent pretty late into the night on the phone um, you know, working on that one because it, it was the issue that we were most excited about because it was the most ambitious um, narrative that we were trying. So um, we wanted to make sure we nailed it. But um, yeah, excited for people to pick it up. But then ultimately, I think uh, in trade paperback, this one's going to hopefully, um, you know, move the needle a bit more uh, for us. And, and especially with the potential for it in the book market, you know, between being like kind of hopefully presented as kind of a premium or prestige, uh, you know, graphic novel. Um, it can also be cross listed potentially in music sections and music history and things like that. So it feels like, especially as much as I love jazz, like I know like there, there really isn't like a big seminal um, graphic work that you can point to as a, in the way that like, you know, for example, you could point to, if you wanted to do something about the history of comics, you could point to the amazing adventures of Cavalier and Clay as like, oh, that's like the thing. Like that's the version of that story and everything else is kind of like always kind of compared to it. Um, there isn't really something like that for jazz um, in the comic space, in my, in my opinion anyway. So we felt like, oh, this could be something that, you know, hopefully lives on in, in, um, in a collected edition form. And the plan is also potentially to, to have a, a music component in an album 
uh, connected to this as Ooh. well. So we'll see cool. if we we'll see if we actually are able to to pull that one off. That's amazing. How early did Igor get get on board? I like I I know the first thing I noticed about the book was he he's always very vibrant colors and all this, but it was kind of it was a little different. It was a little change of pace for Igor, and I, I just fell in love with it. Um, but what was it like, kind of getting his work back? And when did you want him to be on the book? Yeah, um, <clears throat> Igor came fairly late in the project, relative relatively speaking. Um, it was important to us and, and to Eric that it be one colorist who does all six, despite the art styles changing um, quite drastically between artists at times. Um, finding the right one colorist who can do multiple styles like that is a challenge. And we wanted some, I mean, we were speaking with Dave Stewart at one point about doing it um, because it really required someone of that kind of caliber. And obviously, Igor is exceptional. Um, Igor, I think this book, and Igor would probably tell you, I think this book has been good for Igor as well because it's so out of his wheelhouse. It's way more about palette selection um, and mood, and, and issue four in particular is much more graphic as opposed to you know, lots of lighting effects and rendering the hell out of um, a scene or, or characters. So I think it's something that, um, and, and Moon Man, similarly, I think for, for Igor is like, it's a great fit. Like Igor's a great fit for Marco. And I think Marco's a great fit for Igor. And the style that Igor is coloring Moon Man in is, is like, in some ways it reminds me of like Copic markers um, over, over the line art, you know, which adds to the kind of like, a little bit of kind of like punk feel to the book. Um, and so it's cool. I think it's good as an artist when you're able to stretch and work on things that push you outside of your, your comfortable areas. Yeah. I was just wondering, um, do you have any updates? I know, uh, Infernal Girl Red got, uh, fully funded via Kickstarter, which is fantastic. And, uh, how's the editing process going for book two? Um, it's good. The script is in great shape. Um, we just actually, Michael, we just got, uh, our big email from Erica, with more layouts. Uh, yeah, they look they they nice. look incredible. I just yep. haven't replied because I want to read them against the script and yeah. you know do due diligence to make sure that none of us have missed something. But it's, I mean, you guys read book one. It's going to be like that, but more and bigger and better and more exciting. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Can't wait. so that one's in good shape. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Um, speaking of one of the cool things that came out of the Inferno Girl Red Kickstarter actually was we saw mentions of Supermassive twenty twenty four. And uh, here, that leads us actually to our next uh, question, or a few questions. We have some viewer questions. Some people from Twitter wanted to ask some questions, you know, and having you guys both here, I feel like it's the perfect opportunity. So we've already answered the first part of uh, Owen's question, but the second part is like, can you guys tell us anything about Supermaster 2024 or potential like release date? After Michael. Catalyst War? Yeah. Um, when is it, when is it? going to be announced i uh, <laughs> there's an email in my draft folder that's like hey guys when are we going to announce supermassive 2024 um yeah shortly i think we want to get a little bit more of it under our belts first do you want to i mean we could we could talk about it right should we should we sh show we no we should not show yet 
we're not ready to show. Just tell, I guess. Oh, well, okay. We, like, we, we haven't talked about the premise yet, I don't think. Well, and... we have. Have we? Oh, not publicly, no. Uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the script half written. We've definitely yeah. talked about the premise internally. <laughs> <clears throat> oh. So, uh, could you guys tell us about the premise here? <laughs> Potentially, I don't know. Teaser. Um. Well, what we can say is that the Catalyst War, at its core, already involves multiple timelines. Cool. Interesting. So considering that Supermassive is our vehicle for multi-timeline storytelling events, um, it probably wouldn't be too far out of the realm of possibility um, that Supermassive 2024 will be connected to the Catalyst War. Okay. No, that was good. You, that was good. You worded that well. That I really need to be specific. There are not two supermassive twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> we're insane, yeah. but we are not that insane. Michael saw the questions coming. He was like, "I see a flurry of questions about that coming." I, really I'm not intriguing. gonna lie. We, I thought about it. We definitely talked about it. Yeah, we, and yeah. then we all decided that even by our standards, that would be a bit much. Yeah, mm. that's cool. Okay. That's a good tease. Though. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had a question for Michael. Um, last interview you were on, um, you, you were talking about, I, you wrote some Power Rangers that you wrote uh, some stuff for Power Rangers yeah. or you're helping. Yeah. Um, I, I, we wrote an eight page story. Yeah. God, it must be nearly five. It must be more than five years ago now. Um, and I have been lucky enough to be on the sidelines offering little support to some of my cool friends as they have written some more of it. That's cool. Now, now my question is, do you ever, like, obviously you're busy enough as it is, but have you ever planned on working on something in the Massiverse or lending some of your writing talents um, to any, any stories at some point or just too busy? I, sometimes I think about a couple of ideas for books. And then basically what happens is the next thought is, oh, it'd be cool if someone else wrote it and I just had to, like, make sure that they turned in the pages on time uh i'd like i i would never say never if the, if the right thing came up and we felt like i was the right person for it uh then yeah maybe um but not nothing actively planned at the moment for sure okay kyle can i show you something cool sure <laughs> Oh, is that? Oh, cool. That's your oh, guy. That's cool. Yeah, you invented him. That's your that's your baby right there. I wish they'd send me those. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't got one? Don't oh, got one? Geez. They don't send you. What? They don't. They don't that's even. Insane. I didn't even get a copy of the video game I wrote and voice directed. <laughs> Do you want one? I've got one. I can send you a copy. Uh, I, I feel like there was a. I don't know if there was a steel book at some point. Yeah, I think there was a limited. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I want that. I'm going to go okay. find that on eBay one day. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the life of a freelance writer, yeah. Oh, 
I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry for that. Maybe I'm gonna. Our store had a few, so if I go back and see one, I'm definitely. <laughs> no, no, I'll, we'll make it happen, Kyle. It's all good. My girlfriend will kill me if there are more figures. That <laughs> there's like Batman in the bedroom, and there's nothing that we can do oh. about it. And so, it sorry keeps... to be clear, Kyle. There are lots of things you could do about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, another question we had, um, and barring supermassive, because we're not getting weighing on, on any technicalities here, but uh, Tyler MC, uh, fellow friend of the podcast and probably leading expert on the uh, identity of no one in terms of everyone on the planet. <laughs> this dude's put in more effort than anyone I know. Um, he says, we haven't had a new Massiverse title since no one in March 23. Is this a choice to keep the universe at a certain size, or is it because all hands are in deck with things like Catalyst War? Personally, I love the spinoff miniseries and would love to see some from Rogue Sun. Well, I would say, let me, I'll, I'll take that first, and then Michael, you can jump in. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a few things. One, we are truly, like, stretched to our limit right now like it's it's like really bad so that's you know things are behind we're all running on fumes like we need there are some things wrapping up here um pretty soon including no one obviously because it's only uh 10 issues there are some things wrapping up and there are some things that aren't announced yet that are also so far along that they're wrapping up um and once we get those off our plate it's going to make it a much easier to to get back ahead on on top of everything. Um, beyond that, though, it's also like you know not going to be a shock to hear like the market's not great right now. So the idea of launching new things like it's a challenge and it's something we just have we're very mindful of as far as like we already have these four or five books, however many it is right now. Um, with no one wrapping up, uh, that you know we want to make sure that we're continuing to invest in. As Michael, you know, was talking about earlier, um, these are characters that even if books wrap up, can appear, you know, throughout the world, the universe, um, still. So I think ultimately, though, what it really comes down to is like um, within our core group. But then even if it were anyone from outside of our core group, um, for something to make sense to do, like something new to come into the universe, like it has to be a really, really interesting, specific um, take. So Michael and I talk about that all the time. Like we've talked to other writers about some things at different points in time, um, the possibility of some different books. But um, the take has to be like it has to be really you know unique but then also still fit within what we've already built even though we don't want any of the titles to be reliant on any of the other titles or for readers to have to read everything we also want to make sure that you know people's lore isn't totally stepping on anyone else's lore or even their cities that they want to be operating in or whether they're in a fictional city versus a real city things like that um, we want to be as consistent as possible with that stuff Shout out to Sola Studios. They dropped in here. Um, actually, while they're in here, how did you guys get into contact with them? And um, what, when is that uh, card game announcing? Do, do we have a date or it's just late, late this year? 
I'll, I'll tackle parts of this. Um, at San Diego was it, was last year, last uh, year, no. no, year before. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Um, Matt and Kyle and I went out to breakfast <laughs> and had a pretty long breakfast conversation about how it would be really neat if we could do like a board game, a card game, something in that space. Like we've got these cool characters who all look really specific and like distinct two years ago. Exactly. Um, and like, you know, we, they, they're mechanically interesting. Like, I think we could do something cool. And then we met a guy who was like, I work with these card game guys. Do you want to meet them about doing a card game? And we said, yeah, sure. Okay. And then we met them and we played the game and we were like, oh yeah, we gotta, we gotta, this has got to be a thing that we do. I think we've announced this so I can show that this arrived this morning, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Dan Moore art on there, right? Yeah. I, um, yeah, I opened great. one. Hold on. So these are our like, you know, early copies having a look. We will have, I was about to say, so we're not, look, it's the rule book. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. Uh, it's got, and the rule book looks cool, man. Did it print pretty well? It looks, it looks gorgeous. I won't, awesome. I won't show everything, but we've got like cards and slidey things and all sorts of cool stuff. I'll, I'll save some reveals for sort of later down the line, but we've got all sorts of cool stuff in here. It looks great. I'm super excited. Uh, launch date will be. This year, we will have an official launch date very soon for you. I think I owe a couple of emails. I know, right? I was not expecting them. I was very he's surprised. In, he's in Australia. Yeah. The one good thing about being in Australia is for some reason, all my comp copies of stuff show up really fast. <laughs> um, sometimes faster than the Americans, even yeah. for the ones that print in America, which doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, I guess planes is faster than trucks. I don't know. I'm not an expert. Um, Kieran hooking you up. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. really excited about this project and, uh, you know, we will be showing off what's in that box as we get a little closer and, uh, there's some really cool stuff in there. I think it's really neat. And do you think it's easier to like pick up and play as opposed to other games like magic where you have like 25 years of mechanics? <laughs> yeah. So look, we learnt it I at killed, the table in this meeting. I killed Michael the first time out of the <laughs> And he's never let me rematch him to <laughs> find out if he'd win again the next time. That's what sold me on. <laughs> we'll um, take it. Um, this is the engine yeah. for us. It is like it okay. is super pick up and play. When we were designing it, like one of the things that's one of the rules is everything's printed on a card. So like you can read it. Games take like five minutes. So even if your first one is a little slow and clunky, it'll only be ten minutes. And every game after that is super fast paced, super quick. Um, I'm ecstatic about how it's come together. I'm really, the guys over at Solus have done the most phenomenal job at converting our characters into like mechanical versions of those characters. Um, everyone feels and plays like the people from the books that you guys love. I think it's a really killer product. Awesome. Cool. Cool. And I, I don't know if you guys have 
digging deep deep into this yet but um you're able to play with these cards like i know solar studios has a lot of pocket paragons decks but they're interchangeable right so All you can like, play with the massive verse versus like another universe or something hey, like that. michael where did we land on the backs of the cards oh were they in the deck <sighs> they're in they're in here i've got yeah, them yeah duh uh what did we I'll do? open it up. But yes, while I answer that question, everything is uh, completely interchangeable, completely intercompatible. Um, I think that these guys have a couple of... These guys have the mechanic that all of our heroes have um, two sides of their hero card that have different abilities that unlock, which I think is new to this set. But other than that, like... That doesn't stop them from being played with anyone else. It's just a cool, interesting way that our characters are unique. Cool. Uh, so it's, yeah, there's nothing stopping you from picking up any of those other sets. Uh, even if you want to pick one up now, see if you like it. I promise you will. And uh, that's actually and exactly then, what I did. That's exactly yeah. what I did. And You've I got Pocket it. Paragons back, Kyle. So oh, okay, cool. everything that's matches. Sweet. Everything looks cool together. Cool. Awesome. And I won't look. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna cover up all the rules text, but like, mm. it's cool. Awesome. It's cool stuff. Cool. So, which red and black is in the card game? Is it dependent on Catalyst War, or do you guys know? I don't expect an answer, but like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I'm wondering. It's just radiant black. radiant black. I oh, okay. think. I, in fact, I know specifically. There's art of both on the deck. <coughs> mm. Um, because I did not want people to, you know, this is from issue one. You guys recognize that, but, uh, like that's from issue 17 or 13. 16 or 13. 13. Um, yeah, it's, it's both radiance black. Mm. Okay. That's sweet. And, um, yeah, I guess there's one more question and I think it's, well, there's two more, but. I like I really like this one before we get to the last one, which is the most asked question I think we ever see when it comes to Rating Black. So the first one is if you could have any of the characters, and this applies to both Kyle and Michael, if you could have any of the characters superpowers from the Massiverse, which power set would it be and why? Sunstone. Rogue Sun. Because Radiant Black and Inferno go red actually no sorry radiant black you only lose your powers if you die and that feels like a guaranteed way to have people try to kill you <laughs> and i don't need that in my life Fair. uh inferno go red gives you like you get it because you have a responsibility and like something is happening that requires the universe to respond with an inferno girl uh, and I don't have time to deal with that, so I can't take on that responsibility. Uh, Bibi was in in war, and I don't want to do that. Sunstone, you just your dad gives you a rock. You can do as much superheroing as you want or don't want, uh, and then when you don't want it anymore, you just give it to another guy. Fair, cool. I think for. Michael went practical for aesthetic and logistics reasons. Um, I would probably say Radiant Black, honestly. Like, that's my vibe. Like, I dig the I dig the design. The abilities are like everything I've wanted. 
or wished I could do being able to fly. Are you kidding? Like, um, all of it. Um, I also love the teleporters. Like I love shift Mm. and I love, um, uh, no, zero, zero one. Like, so I know that those are more like technology angle rather than like, you Mm. know, superpower angle, but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll stick with Radiant Black. That would be that he would he would be who I would I would want to have the powers from. Awesome. Yeah. So Amicondition says Wendell, so I can be even more stressed twenty four seven. Yeah, I don't. Technologies for. I think I've already got that superpower. Yeah. I think that's just an anxiety disorder. Is the thing. <laughs> Yeah, and then I guess our final question is, and I'm sure you've never heard this one before, but um, is the team working? Gonna be. <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> is the team working on making a Radiant Black hardcover or deluxe edition with multiple volumes collected? <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. Like, I'm sorry. They just people ask it all the time, so I just feel like we have to pass it all, along. First of all, you don't have to do anything. Second <laughs> of all, <laughs> <laughs> look. That it would be cool to do some at some point, like that's been our answer consistently. Like we don't have anything new and firm to give you guys. Like, um, basically, all I will say is like it's certainly something that we are looking at. As soon as we have the space to really focus on it and make sure it's a killer project, uh. The fact that we haven't done one is not because we don't know that it's a thing you can do. We just haven't had the space to do it yet. Well, yeah. it's also people people don't people like don't fully understand, especially in this market, like doing a hardcover is a significant um, amount of money and yeah. and it's a big production. Um so you know a book has to sell at a certain level to warrant it really um, oh, 100%, yeah. so it's something that's not viable within your first year at all and definitely and and really like depending it's not really viable in your second year um so we'll see um it'd be cool we have ideas for what it would you know what something like that could be um yeah. but um would you what would you want for for cover art would you want existing cover art like the volume 1 cover or would you want new Ooh. cover art and dust jacket or no dust jacket take a vote uh, i personally I, I i feel like it depends on like you guys as well cuz i want to like make whatever can make you guys the most money but probably no <laughs> dust jacket and then probably new art for myself but if you're gonna do that like i think one good example is the invincible hardcover compendiums that came out but if you do go end up going that route i think you should also include the covers michael uh designed for the trade paperbacks in the back if they're collected because those are amazing and then people might want to get those too if they see them but yeah i think that's what i would personally say is like do new art no dust jacket the invincible or like the invincible hardcover or most image uh hardcovers like a billion genies is another example or like department of truth they have like those no dust jacket hardcovers and new art that would be cool but i would also understand completely if you used existing art and that would not be disappointing so yeah yeah, 
you know, I, yeah. I personally, yeah, no, no, I think no dust cover for me. I like, like personally, um, I just been reading this firepower oh. one. It's, it's mm. just gorgeous. Just, just like a, a nice clean, no dust cover, but yeah. Um, I think for me, maybe, uh, um, the two pieces of art I love are the David Finch number one, or the, even the Michael Cho, um, the original cover that we never got to see on the trade. So I think something like that, that could be, that could be cool as well. Very yeah, eye catching too. Yeah. I'm pretty much where you guys are at. Like uh, as Canadian, I like to go jacketless as much as possible. So if you guys could do that, that'd be ideal. And I know whatever designs you guys cook up, I want you guys to do what you want to do. Cause every time you do it, you nail it. I just hope that, no, I have no questions. No, and the spines. I just hope they align. If you do multiple of them, I know they will. Yeah, and you That's know what? You guys do the guy the vote thing you guys did. I think you should include that graphic in the future, just so people. Because we talked about this internally in the podcast. Is like, and people have res resonated with that with us saying that is that like experiencing Radiant Black as it comes out monthly, and then like catching up is two completely different experiences, even though both are amazing. Because it really feels like with the whole like the multimedia components here and there everything that's happened over time and then with the catalyst war like you know two separate timelines it's it's been such a huge like such an incredible journey so i think all the mementos you guys should if you ever have the space of course and i'm assuming when it comes to something like hardcover you'll want to put like all this you know premium shit put like the marshall versus uh blaze graphic put the uh the vote graphic where you have them side by side like who are you going to vote for like i think all of those should be there because i think there's significant too that's a year. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I think yeah. In the world where we did a hardcover and we did a sort of catalyst war edition, mm -hmm. I would want that to include a huge chunk of back matter about like mm -hmm. all of the secret behind the scenes machinations that we did mm -hmm. to get that all together and make that happen in the way that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. we seen any Marcelo concept art anywhere? Has any of that been released or on articles? I've seen them on articles, right? There's yeah. some stuff. There's some stuff that we've never put out. I know there's some stuff that I haven't even seen, Kyle, from like before you oh, guys yeah. landed on this radiant black suit. I oh. know you did passes that I've never seen mm -hmm. and are not in the Dropbox. I've looked. Oh, they're not. No, they're not. Um, Hold on, I've got... we, you know, I think like we would in a world where we did this, we would be, hey, God mm. almighty, you can't all end up on my podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who is it? It's Matt, me. Matt Groom. Um, in a world where we did something like this, I would be digging through the archives and finding all the cool stuff that, you know, there's layouts for issues. There's script pages there's we're we're behind the scenes guys and we would want to include as much of that cool yeah. stuff as we could yeah yeah that's cool maybe even the access stuff some of the other people didn't didn't get a chance to see but yeah there's there's so much cool stuff you guys could do for sure it's but, it's crazy how much you guys have done like when you really look back at it because I, I reread the yeah, series okay. like every now and then it's insane like yeah it's really crazy and um then just seeing that you were actually serious about the titles for the the new upcoming volumes was it once crisis right the other ones yep volume Earth. five is crisis and volume six is infinite earths and those are both a good gag and and relevant amazing. to the the topics within them first one for you oh holy wow I've holy never seen that. there you guys wow. go Kyle Higgins. 
That's Rated by Podcast good. exclusive right there. That's that would be such a different book. That's one of the first ones. Um, that wow. might have been the very first one. I'm not sure. I think That's it cool. might have been the very first one. But it was, I think Marcelo did one more, and then he did the one that is the 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 suit. That's cool. So. I love how the, the logo looks like an eclipse. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Wow, you guys have been great with the info today. This might be the most like informative interview we've done. Like you guys really yeah. have no shortage of cool stuff for us today. That was we're, awesome. um, it's it's funny. It feels like we're in a position where I was gonna say we're out of secrets, and we're not. We're working no, we're on not. many things that you guys don't even know exist yet. But we are sort of in, you know, it, all of our books are coming to the end of arcs. And so that does kind of mean that we could talk about some stuff. We don't have to be secret about what's happening right now, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. We're, we're very excited. Like, as, as you guys know, like, we didn't, we did have a chance to speak before Catalyst War, but Cal's War being so long in a good way, like, we have two issues for every issue we normally get. And, you know, with the divergence recently, like, they're two completely different issues. Uh, I feel like, yeah, there's just so much we want us to talk about just in terms of the future, whether they were just broad editorial questions or, you know, with a surprise uh, Kyle Higgins appearance, we could ask more, of course, <laughs> specific questions. But yeah, uh, yeah just want to say any, thank you guys. There's no more specific questions before we jump because then we got to well, jump into a work call. OK, the final question I'll ask is the very last one is in the tweet uh, Michael uh, put out for calling on podcasters and other people to come together. He said, we might have, I might even bring up a secret or two. Uh, do you have any uh, that are 2024 relevant? Do you have any secrets or two that you want to drop here before we close? Oh, um, okay. We've got a cover in today for <laughs> something we haven't announced yet. Uh, oh, that is, it? you know, uh, how do I hint at it without saying what it is? It's from the person, uh-huh. and I dressed it and sent it around a couple of hours ago. Have you seen this email yet? Oh, for... oh yeah, that is a good one. Uh, for it's gonna look good. It's gonna look. It's gonna look real good. Uh, something. The problem is all of all of the hints that I'm thinking of, you would guess what it is. So uh we're working on there. Yeah, there will be some anything. no, I can't. There's nothing I can say. There will be some cool new stuff this year. Cool. Awesome. Right. And um, but before you guys bounce from everything announced, what's the thing you're most looking forward to? You got Moon Man, some new you got some new books, some ends to the arc, but um is there anything okay. specific? Let me say a thing that we haven't talked about. Rogue Sun 19, which we have I've just sent in the solicit for, so you guys will hear about it uh probably next month. Uh Ryan is doing another like big concept idea interview uh, uh issue. Uh, it's an idea he has had for like 10 years or something crazy. Like wow. Kyle and Ryan have been talking about doing something like this for a very long time. It was the right moment to do it. Um, 
and it's going to be weird and different and cool. It's not another choose your own adventure. It's mm. a di- a different thing that I think is real neat. Cool. Awesome. awesome. Very, very excited for that. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. It's always a privilege to have you guys on here and pick your brains. Hey, we know you're busy and stretched thin. We can tell it's hard just podcasting about it, let alone yeah. you know put uh, mm-hmm. like putting out that output. Like well, it's let, amazing. So thanks. Well, before we go, let's we've got to ask you then. What is it? What do you guys like about the books? <laughs> Which you, you, you were asking before about adding things and what was coming, um, or if there was more stuff coming. What is it about the universe or the line that, you know, is keeping you guys invested? Uh, can I, can I go did first? Michael just disappear? Yeah. Did he just duck? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Praise us, yes. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, yeah, honestly, everything. I, I, think, I think it comes that's not, down to... That's not helpful. Okay, okay, no, 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 I'll break it down. But it's, I don't think it's a specific formula. I think what you're doing um, in a lot of ways echoes the spirit of Image Comics, which is important. And But I think you're also taking, I don't know if you're doing this consciously or you might be on some level, of course, but like you're taking a lot of the lessons that people like Rick Remender and Robert Kirkman feel like learned over time and you're implementing them much faster. So seeing you do that with like things like black market narratives, I think one of the most important things you did looking from the outside in was how you had people like Cherish work with you when you were creating these other characters and how you gave them their own books to really do their own thing. I think that made people uh, feel a lot more invested in each of the characters. So for myself, I really liked how you basically the spirit of collaboration you have on the creative level with everyone that you work with. I think you pick the people that you work with really well and um, they're all super talented. So. Like I see Joe Clark, you, it's not like the first book you've worked with. You guys have done like Ordinary Gods. You've done like a bunch of other books together. So it's clear that something works there. And I like that you maintain that. But also, I really like the actual characters themselves. And I think, I don't know, like you said before that Matt Groom was also already working on Inferno Gold Red. Uh, and Ryan was already working on Rogue Sun in some capacity. So I think the idea to mesh them all together is really nice. And another thing is... On, on, on your individual level, like the people who are in the Massiverse, I really like how open you guys are with the community and how you guys built that out kind of from the beginning. I think it was really important, like getting in on the Discord and stuff like that, because that allowed you to connect with the community directly, which I don't think I've really seen elsewhere in, in any kind of any book really like online right now. And I'm starting to see other people take these lessons and implement them. I think Jeff Johns has said, several times how much he's a big fan of Radiant Black and the Massiverse. And then he said with Ghost Machine how they're planning to have like a Discord where they can connect with fans. So I think people are starting to look at what you guys are doing, both on a creative level up, like, you know, at the executive level, it's saying like, okay, there's a lot of really good shit here like going on, we should start to implement. And I think in terms of the the actual books themselves, they're all quality, there's always good art, there's always good uh, writers, and the, the length is important. And the last thing, sorry, the last, is the, what what Michael said about making each book like feel like siloed, but also the how the universe connects. Mm-hmm. I think that's extremely important because it's really easy to get into any respective series. So like no one, that loose connection with the Massiverse and in Shift and all that is brilliant. And we loved rereading Shift, especially all together with all the chapters. But no one itself also just feels like its own thing completely different. So I really like having you know you have the tech component and dead luck you have the supernatural stuff in rogue sun you have the cosmic stuff in radiant black i really like how you have it. it really feels like 
Invincible with how they distance everything or DC or Marvel. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. truly feels like there's a character for for everyone. Like it feels like there's a character that someone can relate to that that someone really likes. Um, so yeah, that that's one thing for me. Um, but I, I just obviously love the kind of passion you guys have put into this and creating this whole thing. And obviously, how open you guys are, just everyone. Like obviously, Cherish, but Melissa's been amazing. Igor, uh, Matt, like Ryan, um, everyone's just been been so great. Just just coming on, even um, talking to us, it's been amazing. And um, just yeah, just getting through these books. And yeah, just like Bash said, he likes the characters, but. The main reason I like this book is, yeah, it's actually a really fucking good book. So I, I think that's that's my reason. Um, like it's very quality, and yeah, I just love reading every week. And and you guys just make it better and more enjoyable the whole experience. Yeah, um, I think that Radiant Black in particular, like no one takes advantage of the modern mediums more so than Kyle Higgins. And <laughs> the way that you're, I'm not kidding. You know this. You're laughing, but like. The stuff that you've done, like everyone sounds, how do you do fellow kids when you're doing this shit? But it, I forget what issue it was, maybe one, two or three, where they showed during, there was like a Zoom call and there was like the cat filter over it. That was just one cute little panel, but like it didn't feel like it was super late. Like it was still timely. It wasn't like years later. It was like a couple months after it happened. I was like, that's cute. That's just one small little thing that you've included in there. Mm -hmm. And all the big swings, right? Like you take the swings and it's the ideas are like slow cook basically and they like fall off the bone by the time you've thought of this catalyst war where we're at like it's planned it's not just for the sake of it and if you really want to go crazy you have moon man and i know that you're going to go and go crazy with that so i feel like just the way you address modern audiences and the dialogue that i appreciate from kirkman how it's just like no bullshit we kind of cut to the point and we don't wait forever to get there we just get there and we've already got something else planned like you don't know what this book yeah. is it's kind of like a meme but we didn't and i'm glad i, I still have no idea where the catalyst war is ending but I know that it's going to be somewhere I didn't think to go and it's going to be great. So I don't know. I just, awesome. you guys are nailing it. And also the pretty pictures. <laughs> yes, that helps. That helps for sure. Well, yeah. the end of the catalyst war does go to some insane places. So we don't will. Don't doubt it. We will be getting there over the next couple months. Obviously some stuff was delayed this year. So this is all coming out a little bit slower, but um, you know, ultimately no one remembers Watchmen was late. So we're hoping that uh, not not comparing ourselves to Watchmen, but we're hoping that um, the totality of this, especially as you see what 28 is and 28.5 is, um, it's building into something that is uh, is quite a quite a, an explosive finale. Yeah. I can't wait. Hell yeah, and I, I just want to say, like, if you guys remember when you were nominated for Best New Series, Best Eisner, it was with Human Target by Tom King, Nice House on the Lake, Not All Robots by Mark Russell, yeah, Ultra we, Mega. We were there. Like, when was... we, we were there when we lost. We were. We remember. <laughs> yeah, but, like, but like, I'm just saying, like, that's it's like a, when yeah, you look at who here. you're, yeah, alongside as well. Like, that's insane when you think about it. So it's just like that's an accomplishment in and of itself, to be honest, especially for a new universe like coming out the gate yeah. like that. Like that. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's um you know it's it's cool it's we're in it so that's our focus is just getting through the day <laughs> each day and getting enough stuff done to keep things from falling apart um that's kind of you know that, that's where we're at at the moment but um but it's always nice when when stuff like that is recognized um 
you know, we're we're now finally, thankfully, out of my least favorite time of year, which is the end of year best of lists that mm. circulate around. Um, those are never those those are never that fun. Um, but uh, thankfully, we're we're into 2024 now, and um, we've got some big stuff about to drop, and then some big stuff about to be announced um, that'll drop later this year. So, yeah. Awesome. Should be a good one. We can't wait to hear. Well, we don't want to take up any more time. Thank you guys for being so gracious with your time and uh, answering our questions, answering the fans and community's questions. And for the surprise Kyle appearance, I mean, that's like going to existence in a way. So thank you for that. Um, Yeah, guys, make sure you pick up Moon Man number one. It's coming out January 31st, 2024. Uh, I already got to read it. And let me tell you, it's pretty damn good. So I can't wait for issue two and uh, definitely going to be on my pull list. And then The Infernals by Ryan Parrott is also coming out February 14. So keep on supporting the Massiverse creators. And of course, don't forget, obviously, Radiant Black. I think the next issue is scheduled for February 7. FOC is this week. And we've got those sweet Walking Dead uh, connecting covers. Uh, No worries. We got at least, well, there you go. We got the heads up. And there's going to be the Walking Dead connecting covers uh, with the issue 28 and 28.5. So I know you guys love those pre-order those they're huge 28 and 28.5 are huge so they're being lettered right now all the inks are done um they are they're sizable (laughs) awesome and yeah i guess that we'll end it there sizable we'll see you next time ladies and gentlemen (laughs) stay radiant